Hello and welcome to another podcast brought to you by Life Community Church, Leamington Spa. Recorded at one of our Sunday morning services, we hope this message inspires, equips and encourages you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Can I have the piece of paper to start the fire? Have you ever lit a fire? You definitely need paper. And you put the light the match to the paper and then whoosh, it goes. So here's the, here's the match or here's the paper. We're starting a new series today uh, and the challenge of this series is actually to put Christ back into Christmas. We, we get so tied up there was a lady I was watching yesterday started to write her Christmas cards at the beginning of October. Who started Christmas shopping in the summer sales? You're not going to admit it, are you? We get challenged by Black Friday, which undoubtedly is probably a scam. Rackhams were offering a £20 voucher for every £100 you spend in the store over the weekend. But the condition of the voucher is that you went back to Rackhams and spent it in Rackhams. We need to put Christ back into Christmas. They're nice. But they don't have any real meaning towards the reality of the gospel of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. For Christians, believing that God came into the world in the form of a man to atone for the sins of humanity, rather than the exact date of his birth, is to consider to be the primary purpose of celebrating Christmas. We are celebrating the birth of a saviour. And the passage of scripture I have been asked to preach on this morning has nothing to do with babies. I think you might get that next week. But this week we're going to read from John chapter 1 and the first 18 verses. The first five verses or six words of this passage of scripture are really powerful. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. He was in the beginning. All things were made through him. And without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness, to bear witness of the light, that all through him might believe. He was not the light, but he was sent to bear witness of the light. That was the true light which gives light to every man, that comes into this world. He was in the world and the world was made through him. But, 
and the world was made, did not know him. He came to his own, but his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, he gave the power and gave the right to become the children of God to those who believe in his name, who were born not of the, the blood nor of the flesh, but of the, nor of the will of man, but of God. The word became flesh and dwelt amongst us and we beheld his glory and the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bare witness of him who cried out, saying there that this was he of whom I said, he who comes after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And all the fullness we have received, grace for grace, for the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And not one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son who is, the, of, sorry, who is of the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. And God will re bless the reading of his precious word. The text is taken from John, John chapter 14 and verse 8, 14a and from the message translation the word became flesh and blood and moved into our neighbourhood that's, that, that's quite a remarkable isn't it imagine you are not sitting next to I've run out of names Richard is not sitting next door to Naomi but he's sitting next door to God that's how real this passage of scripture is friend. God is in the midst of us God is in our hearts God is in our lives God is in our thinking God is in our actions God is in our speech the true meaning of Christmas is a phrase that began to appear in the mid-19th century when a shift towards a more secular culture resulted in a national backlash. Christians began to see the secularization of the celebration day of the birth of Christ as a shift towards Satan and gift exchanging replaced the celebration of the advent of Christ and giving to the poor and needy without expectation of receiving anything in return. Now, if that was a problem in the mid-1800s, it's much more of a problem today. Is it not? We make our huge shopping list, we start earlier and earlier, and we concentrate on so much, and we don't concentrate on the reality of what it's all about. It's all about the celebration of God coming to redeem us from our sins and to set us free. Back in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15, God gave a promise. Adam had made a real blunder. He'd done the unspeakable thing and, and committed and broken God's law. And then God says, I want to tell you, Adam, there's coming a time when I'm going to send a man that is going to redeem you and he's going to set you free. And 2,000 years later, that promise was fulfilled in our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. As Christians, 
born again, committed to Christ, spirit-filled. We should have a mindset where we should seek to share with our family and friends the true meaning of Christmas. Our divine purpose is we, we are to inspire others and help the church share their testimony with others and to invite them to our Christmas events. That's the advert. We are to share the love of Christ. We are to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Needs to be, we need to do it gently because if you, if you go in with a, with a big hammer, you're just going to spoil the situation. But we need to look for opportunities. We can just share the reality of Christ, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Open up people's understandings and thinking even in this uh, time of celebration. I know a plan for your lives and for mine, Jesus says. I've got a plan for you and a plan for, for your life. We spend time praying and considering God's plan and the purpose of our lives. I want to tell you today what 90% of the will of God is. 90% of the will of God for your life and for my life is to be 100% like Jesus. The other 10% is where you actually function to serve the gospel of Jesus Christ. But 90% of the will of God is being 100% like Jesus. Do you remember those uh, elastic bracelets that you used to wear? WWJD is printed on these. What would Jesus do? Good idea, friends. Something to remind you that we need to consider the purposes of God in every situation that we find ourselves. To know exactly what God would have us share, what word he would have us to give. John chapter 1 and verse 14 says, in, I've got five or six translations I want to read to you because I think this particular verse is so important, friends. And the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. And we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And Christ became a human being and lived here on earth among us and was full of loving forgiveness and truth. And some of us have seen his glory, the glory of the only Son of our Heavenly Father. So the Word became flesh and lived on earth among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. Unfailing love. That's a challenge, isn't it, friends? You know, so often we love somebody because it's, uh, it's convenient. We love them because we might get what we might get out of it. Sometimes we buy presents for people and, and say, I wonder what they're going to give me back in return. That's not love, friends. Love is unselfishly choosing for someone else's highest good. You're giving to people who can't give back. You're sharing something that is so important to them. This life-giving 
salvation. You see, evangelically speaking, Christmas is considered to be one of the most unproductive in sharing the message and therefore people making a commitment to Christ. If that's been what, what's happened in history, it doesn't need to happen in 2019. This church can make a difference in the community in which we live. You can make a difference in the circle of friends where you live by sharing this fantastic good news. I nearly swore then. That's confession. You see, that they said to, they said to a, an African gentleman once who was applying for the ministry, he said, how do you prepare your sermons? He said, sir, I raise myself up. No, I raise myself in, I praise myself up, and then I let myself go. All we need is a bit of paper to start the fire. And so, friends, the challenge I want to bring this morning is that we look for opportunities to share the good news. You see, Christianity is not a two-hour session on a Sunday morning. You don't go to get your top up and get your Bible out and go, read your Bible in church and then go home. And stick it back on the shelf and it never sees the light of day till the following Sunday. You see, church is about reaching people with this glorious good news of Jesus Christ. Why are we having a children's party? Because we want to minister to the kids in our community. Why are we having a cattle service? or two carol service, so that we can minister to the people in our community. We can share the good news of Jesus Christ. You see, the reality is, friends, if they don't find Christ as their own personal Lord and Saviour, they're on a hell-bent journey to a lost eternity. They need saving, friends. And the only way they're going to come to a place of knowing who Jesus is is if you share the love of God with them and the grace of God. The word became flesh and blood and moved into our neighbourhood. We live in Southtown. The church is in Southtown which is considered to be the poorer end of the community in fact Charlotte Street was the last road they built in these big houses on the right hand side and then they moved to start development at the top of the parade but God became a man living next door divinity invades Humanity. You see, the John's Gospel is the easiest, easy, is easily the simplest and yet the most profound. 
John writes his gospel for the specific purpose of bringing people to a spiritual life through belief in the person and the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the first 18 verses of this chapter that we've looked at this morning deals with the incarnation of the Son of God. I want to go down these verses again, slowly but surely. Just going to read them and I want to make my comments on them. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. The Trinity. He was in the beginning with God. Hallelujah. And then we have the pre-incarnate incarnation work of Christ in verses 2 and 3 to 5. Now some of you will struggle with this. Why? Because he talks about creation. And he declares all things were made through him. And without him nothing was made that was not made. In him was life and the light was the life of men. And the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. It's saying he actually is the creator. He created everything. You see, Jesus was before the foundation of the world. Now that's almost incomprehensible for us to understand. And if it is understandable, why on earth did God create man with a free will knowing he would sin, knowing he would have to send his son to die on the cross of Calvary? Sometimes, friends, our our little infinite brains can't quite comprehend all this. But our spirits can. So we have have the deity of Christ. We have Christ the creator. And then in verses 6 to 8, we have uh, this man sent from God. Boy, he was a strange-looking preacher. He hardly wore any clothes. It was offensive and rude to the religious leaders of the day. But he knew his calling. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness, to bear witness of the light that through him all might believe. He was not the light but was sent to bear witness of that light. He was the forerunner. He was the one to declare the coming of the Messiah. You might say, John, why don't you talk about the baby of Bethlehem? We can comprehend that. Well, can you? The virgin birth, can you comprehend that? Can you explain it? But John decides to come in. I like it. Right at the source of the problem. Then he talks about 9 to 11. That was the true light which gives light to every man who comes into the world. He was in the world and the world was made through him and the world did not know him. He came to his own and did not 
receive him. The rejection of Christ. I've been reading through the Old Testament. Boy, it's painful, friends. When the people chosen by God reject the prophet after prophet after prophet, they refuse to accept the message. I was reading Zechariah this morning when he was talking about the 30 pieces of silver that was given for the... Words of gone, man. You know, where they gave the price, the 30 pieces of silver for his... Um, you know what I mean. Sometimes the words aren't there. Hallelujah. So there was a rejection of Jesus. You know, and we face, we face rejection. When we start sharing the good news of Jesus Christ, some people say, I don't want to know. Billy Graham years ago was taking to share a man about his need of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And this man, he was a young man who was a lawyer, and he turned around and says, Billy, when I walk out of that door, I'm walking on my way to hell. When I was a young man in law school, I told God never to speak to me again. And God kept his part of the bargain. And so there are people that make the choice. And you, you, you will come across people who will reject not only your message, but re reject you because you own the message. But that doesn't mean to say we don't continue to share the good news of Jesus. To identify ourselves with him. And then in verses 12 to 13, he says, But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of the blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of the Father, but of God. You know, friends, God's given you an opportunity this morning to receive Jesus Christ as your own personal Lord and Saviour. Perhaps you're sitting in this congregation and you say, what am I doing here? Why have I come to church this morning? I didn't plan it, it just seemed to work out like that. And the reason is, friends, because God's got a message for you. And the message is that God loves you with a love beyond your comprehension or understanding. And the God who loves you beyond the, your understanding is a God who died for you on the cross 2,000 years ago. The, we, it's the God we're talking about. The God that came, became human and li that lived in our neighbourhood. He came to share his love and his life and his, his, his very physical being to bring you into a personal relationship with God. That the joy of the Lord can be your strength. The problems of life and the difficulties that you face on a day-by-day -day basis will suddenly take on a different understanding. Why? Because the Spirit of God is in you and in working in you. It doesn't mean to say everything, every problem is going to disappear, friends. I can guarantee they're probably going to multiply. But the fact is you have a relationship with a living God who can change the situation and bring deliverance and healing and wholeness and fullness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
They can get excited in church, friends. We may not be looking at the Bible of Bethlehem. We may be looking at very profound subjects, but you can still get excited. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Even when you don't understand what the preacher's talking about. Hallelujah. Friends, it needs the Holy Spirit. You don't respond to arguments. You respond to conviction. Conviction of the Holy Spirit. As God applies the word into our hearts and lives. And then in verses 14 to 18, we have the incarnation of Christ. God becoming a man. He's the author of grace and truth. He's the glory of the Father. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Rules and regulations came through Moses. But grace, God's unmerited favour. Whatever you've got from God, friends, you haven't earned it. He's given it to you because of his grace. God's unmerited favour. God's truth. What's true? Are you having problems with who to vote for in the election? Because why? Because we don't know what truth is. We don't know what truth is. They're all telling lies. You've got to look for the person or the party that speaks the less lies. I I want to tell you, I'm sick of it. So you know what I've done? I've voted already. I posted my vote yesterday. And I can just ignore anything else they're saying because I've already made my decision. Rightly or wrongly, rightly or wrong decision, I've made it. But friends, when we want to know truth is, we look to the cross. We look to the man of God. We look to the man who thought so much about you and you and you. He came to this earth to die for you on that cross that he might bring you back into a personal relationship with God. You want to see what God looks like? Look to Jesus. That's what he's telling us in this passage. You want to understand God's love? Look to Jesus. When you understand God's purpose for your life, look to Jesus. When you want to view your eternal destiny, look to Jesus. It's so simple. When we got problems, we Google each individual problem on our, our phones. I, I, I Googled this morning and I didn't get an answer. Google hadn't got an answer. But he has. For every problem, you don't need Wikipedia, you don't need Google. 
You just need to talk to God and to be open to His Spirit. He'll bring in His Word. You see, Jesus introduces the concept of divine love. A love that gives without expecting to receive. Why have we packed, no, no, I haven't packed. Why have we packed 77 hampers to distribute to the needy? Why have we done that? We've done that because we want to share the love of God in a practical way with the poor and the needy. That's why we've done it. And we're not going to get anything back from the, every one of, any of those 77. We might get some comments and thank yous, but we're not going to get expecting to receive something back. That's what love is, friends. I love my wife. Not for what I'm expecting back from her. But I love her because she's my wife. Because she's God's given gift to me. And God gives her the grace to cope with me. That's the concept of God's love, friends. John chapter 3 and verses 16 and 17 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. That's the message of this church. That's the message of, of Christmas. Yeah, we all enjoy the sideshow. But let us concentrate on the main reason. The clock has turned red. What an appropriate colour. That means I'm over time, but I'm not stopping. Because it is about the blood of Jesus. And so if you've never received Christ as your own personal saviour, today is the opportunity. That's what this, what this story is all about, friends. What that, our whole purpose, our whole existence is to bring people to a personal relationship with God. Do you love Jesus? Have you ever made a personal commitment? Have you ever received Christ as your own personal Lord and Saviour? Today's the opportunity, friends. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. Shall we pray? Trust this morning I presented things that can just, the Holy Spirit can use to challenge you. 
Maybe you're sitting in this service and you've never asked Jesus to become your Lord and Saviour. You have recognised you've got a problem. And the problem is you're not right with God and the sin in your life and you wonder what it's all about. Well, I want to tell you what it's all about. It's all about Jesus. And you don't need to struggle anymore. You just need to surrender. Just need to surrender. And I'd like to pray for you. If you felt challenged and you don't know Christ and you felt challenged and you want to see Christ as your own personal Lord and Saviour, perhaps you just raise your hand. Now that's just making the first step on a road to recovery. God bless you, brother. We'll talk to you afterwards and share with you more. God bless you about the love of God. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Why don't you take the world out and put your name in? For God so loved that he gave his only begotten son. Jesus wants to redeem you. He wants to make Christmas 2019 something really very special. God wants to move into your neighborhood. Thank you, Father. We just thank you, Heavenly Father, for the, the joy of knowing you. We thank you for the sense of your love into our hearts and lives. We thank you for the, the fact that you brought us into a personal relationship with God. And we just pray, Father, now, Father, those who raise their hand, we want you to bless them and encourage them. For those in our service who have never made that commitment and are really just, just considering all these situations, Lord, will you continue to speak to them? Lord, speak to them that they may receive you as their own personal Lord and Saviour. Amen. We hope that you enjoyed this message. For many more resources and for more information, visit our website at www.life.cc.org. Dot org.